morning, handsome. Coming at you from Handsome Headquarters in sunny Oakland, California, I'm Lee Sanger Golden, and this is your Morning Handsome, brought to you by LiberalGuiltRadio.org. There's a lot going on in the world. The Rangers lose the World Series two years in a row. George Bush demands recount. Team Handsome visits Occupy Oakland and Occupy Market. Think you know which one is stinkier? You might be surprised. New Batman video game calls the Joker's girlfriend a tranny. Beavis and Butthead are back. They haven't grown up, but that's okay, because neither have we. Expendables loses the only member of the true who was truly not expendable. They're stuntmen. It's a big tragedy. We'll discuss that. We will also talk about the top five movie horror franchises and a special Halloween versus Hannibal Lecter versus Count Dracula. Who would take a bigger bite out of whom? Find out that and more this week on Morning Handsome. We are joined in the studio by our uh, normal co-hosts, Hondro Ambrose and Caleb Hoffert. Good morning, Handsome. Good morning, Handsome. And we're also joined by Sean Moses. Morning, Handsome. Oh, uh, good morning. And also we're joined by a special guest today, Jared Golden, my father. Morning, Handsome. Good morning, Junior Handsome. Good morning, Senior Handsome. <laughs> There's a whole handsome stratification going on right now. Um, right here in Handsome Headquarters. Generations of handsomes sitting together, talking, and recording it. Mm-hmm. Although I do believe, <laughs> it, interestingly enough, I, I think I inherited uh, most of the features of my face that, that make me handsome from mother as opposed to father. Mm. Although I believe that my chin I did get from you. Gentlemen, would you agree that I got my chin from my father? There's a very strong chin resemblance. I, I want to say it's the least feminine feature on your face. Okay. It's jutting and powerful. Yeah. It is. And I think that is what gives me my handsome power. <laughs> Just as Sansom uh, got, got his from his long hair. Mm. I was unaware of that. Oh, yeah. Sans- Sans- who? Samson. Samson. Oh, Samson? Yes. Oh, Samson. Good old I thought, Samson. I thought it was like a, like the mellet was the, uh, was the ultimate example of long hair power. I got Samsung luggage one time as a potting gift when I was on a game show. <laughs> I think you mean Samsonite luggage. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> They're same, both very same, strong. Yeah, same mistake made in uh, Dumb and Dumber. Thank you both so much for coming down to the game show today. <laughs> the game show. Samsonite. I really want to be on that show. Samsonite. I was way off. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and as our references to movies continue to get lower in their intellectual ability. <laughs> well, uh, there's a lot of stuff going on in the world right now, as I said earlier. We got yeah. a, a slam-packed schedule today. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is an exciting place we live in, and, and we're happy to report on it. Um, and the first thing... Uh, that we want to talk about today is uh, what's going on in the world of the nerdly. And we'll have that with you on Nerdly Handsome, brought to you by Morning Handsome. We'll be right back. And we are back with Nerdly Handsome. So uh, we've got a couple of things to talk about, pretty interesting. Uh, Let's start with uh, Mark Hamill is the Joker in the new Batman game. Uh, A lot of folks, if you're in the nerdly kingdom, know that Mark Hamill is very active Mm -hmm. in voice acting. Uh, How do we feel about that? Mark Hamill is the Joker. Well, um, you know, he was the Joker in the original uh, animated series, um, which was, well, not the original Batman animated series, but the one that we grew up. Batman the animated series. The animated series. The one that was on Fox. Yeah, yes. and he was great in that, so um, I'm, I'm just happy to have him as part of the vocal uh, talent on that gold new game. S- gold star, if you can name the director and like you know person who was in charge of that whole project. I'll give you a hint. His last name is Burton, but it's not the one you're thinking of. Oh, really? Yeah. They get the, so this guy, there's actually, like, and I, can't, I actually can't remember his name, but there's a gentleman who was... I believe it was Swath Burton. <laughs> I'm going to say Swath Burton. <laughs> yep. Uh, pretty sure that's Tried right. Tried to pass that off. Nobody got it. It's too bad. <laughs> <laughs> Swath Burton, let's call him. Anyway, so I, I I know that there's this guy who's like who was the director and animator for these things, and he's been he's done like f- all these great ones. Like he did the the Superman one when it was really good. He did the uh, mm-hmm. the Justice League. He he started some of the Justice League one when they redid that. Um, the same guy who's been behind all these projects, and he always brings Mark Hamill along mm-hmm. to be the voice of the Joker. But you don't know who this person is. He's swathed in shadow, hence his name. I heard that one of the writers on the new game actually is one of the the, the old writers or showrunners from the original animated series. So you know, maybe it's the same guy, or they at least work together. We know is, that. Is that why he has a problem with trannies? 
<laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah. what is, what is that? Can, we, can you relate this uh, this hilarious joke that they threw into this Batman game? Yeah, I don't know how many of you folks out there in internet are familiar with uh, Harley Quinn, but Harley Quinn is is Joker's Batman and or <laughs> Joker's Batman, Joker's, Joker's sidekick, girlfriend, and sidekick. Robin. It's a Joker's Robin. Joker's Robin, <laughs> except Joker is straight, so yeah. uh, so, he has, so he has a hot girl. So in, a hot girl, like, as opposed to some teenage guy. Uh, oh, that was white face paint on all the time. Yeah. Um, and she I speaks was like way off. Like... <laughs> <laughs> it was actually Matt Burton. No, it... <laughs> no, I was way off. It was probably not even a Burton. No, it was not a Burton at all. His name is Bruce Tim. Yeah, oh, Bruce, Bruce Tim. Tim. Yeah, he's artwork producer and he's the main okay. artist. And he he did all these ones. He did so many of these these animated ones that looked so cool and had that style. Okay, so let's find out what his problem with Tranny is. Yeah, so like in the, I don't know if it's he who has this problem, but like in the game, there's like these two of Joker's henchmen are talking about how well the Joker is sick with some crazy disease, and um, they're like, "Did you hear the rumor about Harley Quinn?" And then the the other bad guys like, "What? That she used to be a guy." And I was like, first of all, that's not funny because like I, I I have a friend who used to be a guy and yeah. now she's a girl and you're you're friends with her too. Absolutely. She's a, she was a nice boy and now she's a nice girl. And yeah. Like, there should exactly. be no problem with people who want to do that. Um, and then the second thing is um, you just need to know before you go buy a, a Hanukkah present. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The second thing is Harley Quinn's hot, so shut up. Like I don't understand. But then the other the well, other no, that's not fair. That, that's assuming that uh, the transvestites can't be hot. Yeah, you're right. I am. I, yeah, I've revealed my own, um, my own. Uh, well, the yeah, thing is that the, maybe that's why they're, they're, they're talking about how maybe she used to be a guy, but there's no judgment passed. You yeah. know, was well, there was there any judgment in that they, statement? No. But didn't he say he referred to it as a joke? You like, did you hear the joke about her, or did I mishear that? Is that? I mean, isn't that just a bad joke? I mean, it's just a bad joke. What? I yeah. mean, I don't, I don't understand why we're kind that's of like, why we're sort of unpacking it. Why we're well, spending it's, so it's much just a time. bad joke. Yeah. Well, you know, it takes. Didn't, away didn't from anything the... else happen in the world, nerd? It takes. There away was. From the there that was the game actually. Made... Uh, I, I'm sorry. I'm gonna. I'm gonna cut you off. I think Hanja makes an excellent point. Yeah. That we should move on. <laughs> okay. Um, so. <laughs> So let's talk about the next Wolverine movie. It uh, should be pretty exciting. It's, uh, it's getting into that Frank Miller Japan storyline mm-hmm. where uh, we find out that uh, Wolverine had a hot Japanese girlfriend. Mm-hmm. He, he totally fought samurai. Let's, let's discuss that. He was that James Bond. Because, because that's <laughs> maybe one of the most exciting things ever. Yeah, they said that this is the Wolverine movie that we've all been waiting for. And we're like, a good one? To end on. <laughs> <laughs> People said that about the Planet of the Apes movie, too. They're like, you got to go see it. It's really good. And I'm like, you know what I've been waiting for? A good Planet of the Apes movie. I, that's, that's all I've wanted all these years. One more Planet of the Apes that was really good. Mm-hmm. Just one. I just wanted to be left with a good taste in my mouth, you know, after the, yeah. ape, after the Planet of the Apes, mm-hmm. you know, came and went. I wanted to be left with a good taste in my mouth. Mm-hmm. Next is going to be slightly submerged by the planet. Of the yeah, <laughs> yeah the, but this Wolverine uh, um, movie that's going to go with the Japanese storyline is really exciting. That was like a really cool comic. I got a mm-hmm. copy of it. You guys should. All, you can find it at lots of used bookstores for a couple bucks. You should go read it. It's it's really one of the best X Men storylines. Well, um, the X Men only show up sort of in the last page or two. Yeah, the story arc. It's a, yeah, it's a Wolverine. Well, I'm saying don't don't read it thinking hey, this is going to be an X Men. It's a Wolverine comic. Yeah. It's about Wolverine. Certainly, definitely. Yeah, it should be exciting. So hopefully they won't botch that up. I'm not sure the director of that new one's going to be, but uh, hopefully is this, they'll get some is, good time. Going, is is Jackman still going to be? Yeah, I believe role? so. Huh. I believe so. He he seems to have fun with that role, and, and yeah, we have not? fun watching him. He's and great. Yeah, I'm sure he has fun spending the money that he makes from it too. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, Rockstar Games uh, GTA Five has been announced. Um, the big question on everyone's lips. What city are they going to make fun of this time? They've already made fun of Southern California, San Francisco, um, others. New York, they made fun of. They made fun of um, uh, uh, Miami. Mm-hmm. Uh, they made fun of England long ago, back in the 90s, of the old sort of 2D-looking uh, GTAs. Oh, the top down. Mm-hmm. My money's on uh, Des Moines. Des Moines, Iowa. <laughs> yeah, there's, it's, it's, rich, Des Moines. it's rich fodder. Don't flatter yourself, Des Moines. Yeah, I think Chicago, maybe. Chicago Something, would be cool. Yeah. I think good, they got a lot of noir possibilities there. I'd like to I see liked, a Europe. Yeah. Mm. I was just going to say that I, I like... Europe is not a city. <laughs> the reason I, I like San totally. Andreas so much was that it wasn't just a city. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was a whole region. You know, it was it was like Disney, California, and exactly. it was awesome. I want the big... I want a broader area where you can go. Like, I want a couple different, like, like little... Like a greater metropolitan area where there's some, like, you know, maybe like a, a little 
suburbs and different cities on the mm-hmm. sides. I, I feel like that that would be really cool. Why not just do like the whole Bay Area or the Greater New York area or mm-hmm. something? You know? Yeah, there's a lot of great spots. They always where do that like work. the island. DC. We've had, we've had great DC. detail. How about Fantastic Voyage where they get reduced and go inside like the human? I love it. And all along, they're actually just in someone's ass. GTA, the arterial system. Right. Yeah, you right, just right. like go up to like a, a blood cell and like punch its <laughs> nucleus. They get they get Orlando <laughs> Jones to revise his role as Osmosis as Osmosis Jones. You ride up inside a macro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait. Has no one? Have you no, seen all, Osmosis Jones? Well, That's a great movie. I'm, I'm aware no, of his work. He plays a he 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 gets turned into an animated white yeah. blood cell in like this kind of uh, personified universe inside your body where you know uh, uh, molecules like Rock, these right? cells are. Yeah, is yeah. It Chris Rock? He's blue. Blue. He's, he's blue. Yeah, he's like a blue. blue for some reason. Yeah, he's like a he's like a white blood cell, which is like a cop. Wow. In, in the world inside your body and he's really fighting crime <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious that that would be a great GTA I think that's they should they should listen to this and they should absolutely steal your idea and the crooks are the cancer cells you know that disguised want to disguise themselves as white blood cells <laughs> but really they're totally. actually they would probably look more like Hispanic immigrants like reproducing right. quietly in the hallways the red blood cells are communists so right. So which decade should it take place in? So we've decided it should take place within the, the human body. It should be the next GTA game. Do you mean what decade of the, of think, the human body's lifespan? Uh, no. Think, uh, oh, no, just what type of music we I should play. I think the play. 80s. No. I'm going to go for 80s. Yeah, I would say prior to, to things like you know modern digestives and things like that, it would be a much more interesting. That's true. Rumblings of the like 1910s, 19th century, 1880, yeah. like that, yeah. Yeah. You're like, you're full of bucolic. There's a lot of Dixie music in the soundtrack. <laughs> After you've been bled for a few right. days yeah. or something like that. We need to bleed you of your bucolic. Your we sanguine humor is far out, outweighing the, the other three. Yeah, yes, we will cut you in the thigh and that will cure your humor. <laughs> so the people from GTA should be calling any moment. Any moment. <laughs> yes. As any soon as you're listening, moment. Rockstar. At all. Billion dollar idea. These numbers. Right here. 925 handsome. <laughs> 925 handsome? What area code is that? Oh, that's the handsome area code. It's the eight okay. digit phone number area we're code. Calling from the, <laughs> we're calling from the anus. <laughs> I'm calling from the anus. Wow. We're, call, we're calling from the armpit of and the on body. That note, oh. And on that note, um, I'm hoping that DJ, DJ Golden is, is going to play us out of this. Some play up. Yeah, uh, we'll be right back on uh, Morning Handsome with our political handsome for the week. So stay tuned. <laughs> morning and welcome back. So every week we like to take a little time to talk about politics and uh, see what's going on in the, the, the world of um, American politics in particular. And um, I'm sure as you all know, um, the Occupy Wall Street movement has really uh, gained in scope, spread across the country into cities around the around, you know, state, uh, many major capitals and, and big cities around each state in the country. And, um, you know, some some cities have reacted positively to it, allowing protesters to uh, take residence in city squares and relatively un- unmolested although you know there's been many occurrences we've seen you know all the way dating back to the beginning of the movement in new york where uh, tony baloney <laughs> anthony bologna the uh, sergeant from the nypd pepper sprayed a couple women who are already corralled in uh, netting by other policemen already um, discussed thoroughly on handsome yes, so you know, morning. check back on uh, episode four so uh <laughs> but now we see you know um uh, there was a, sort of a, a one-upmanship, you know, but the police departments, they weren't quite content. They're like, oh, you're mm-hmm. going to pepper spray people? Oh, yeah. We're going we're gonna to shoot people in the face. Yeah. We're just going to shoot them in the face. And so, you know, uh, cue up Oakland. Um, three weeks later. Local veteran, um, Iraq <laughs> war veteran, who yeah. was assaulted by the police. Right. Uh, Still in the hospital uh, mm-hmm. for his fractured skull. Yeah, there's a fund for uh, his his recovery fund. So if you want to go down to uh, Oscar Scott Grant Olson. Plaza, as it's known, um, you can uh, you can find out about it. I actually yeah. went down and, and visited the uh, Occupy uh, Oakland guys uh, yesterday, and I visited the Occupy uh, Market Street folks mm-hmm. in San Francisco a couple days ago, 
and everyone just seemed pretty peaceful hanging out um, right. not too much yeah. I mean they don't seem like they should be beaten up right. um, although the San Franciscans were much stinkier I was so surprised yeah. because I figured Oakland was going to be a way stinkier camp but when I visited Ogawa Plaza which is now Oscar Grant Plaza it's been like kind of hijacked the name um, way less stinky they seem to have their act together mm-hmm. they seem like, like nice folks tear but, glass is really cleansing though but to be to be fair, I mean, yeah. I think that's I think that's a big misconception between the two. Everyone assumes like everyone's afraid of Oakland, so they assume oh, it must be dirtier. I lived, I have lived in both places. San Francisco always stinkier. No always matter stinkier, where you go, yeah. urine, yeah. feces, filthy Everywhere. place. Everywhere. It's just not the case here in Oakland. No, there's just true. there's more room and more. Yeah. I guess trees yeah. to shit behind. I mean, most of the bullets that fly at you here are very clean. <laughs> I feel. Exactly. I don't feel like that they're shit covered like yeah. in San Francisco. They I, always I, smell like urine. You get yeah. shot, and you're like. And I, they peed on me. I feel like if I'm going to bleed out in a gutter, I'd right. rather do it in Oakland because at right. least I'll be clean. At least I'll be clean. Yeah. So, you know, I definitely want to say, you know, I, I fully stand behind these the idea that, you know, that there, there is a 99% and mm-hmm. that, you know, that there yeah. is this kind of sense that there's this complete and pervasive systemic uh, income inequality that's going to just continue to uh, widen the gap. But at the same time... Um, I, I think that most of the people at the protests are among the 9.2 percent. Um, that's the unemployment rate. <laughs> yeah, and I yeah. think that I, I've talked to a few people who've gone down there, especially somebody who's even you know a hardcore community organizing, 24 year old, uh, committed, pack a day smoking hippie, spiked pant riding bicycle. You know, you get my point. American anyway, spirits. Exactly. I'm gonna assume. No hand rolls. Uh, oh my god! So so anyway, so this this guy's down there, and he said, you know, I had we had the voting sessions, you know, and they're talking about doing the general strike. I had, and he's like, I had to abstain because it seemed like everybody was pushing for the general strike. We're unemployed people. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. at the farmers market yesterday, I rode down there, uh, and uh, I saw that there was like a um, a general strike notice on the kettle corn people's truck, and it's like, of course you can strike. You run your own kettle corn business. Other people have to go to jobs. You know right. what I'm saying? And it's like. <laughs> Tomorrow we won't make any kettle corn in honor of the strike. You know, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. okay, I guess we'll eat yesterday's kettle corn. <laughs> Maybe the Oakland police are big fans of kettle corn. They'll start, you know, going and abusing them to, to uh, try get to some more kettle corn. Fire try to nip gas. this thing in the bud. Yeah, tear a, gas. A high percentage of those unemployed people are veterans. Mm. Have served in the military, and th- that's true whether they're my generation or mm-hmm. a little bit older, or your generation or a little true, bit yeah. older, um, and. What's sad to me is is that I don't know why why would you bring riot police to a situation where the problem is a public health problem? Right. Um, mm-hmm. I thought it was a completely improper and disproportionate response. response. Absolutely. Yeah. And you, you, they were definitely they came down as the escalators. I mean, like it's history. I mean, if you look at that yeah. with some perspective, they the city and Jean Kwan came down as the escalators, and she should she should step down. I mean, I I think that Absolutely. she has yeah, she has received far too little flack mm-hmm. for this because she yeah. was tuned out. She gave a yeah, sign she said off. She didn't know what was going on. Uh-huh. Was her, her official own statement? Daughter like, called her when she was available after her trip back from D.C. and said, "Mom," texted her and said, "Mom, stop the tear gas." Her own daughter. It's, it was just like an Orwellian nightmare here right. in Oakland yeah. for a couple of days with the helicopters flying above and right. the tear gas. Not just, not just flying above, but hovering the entire yeah. day. Just it's really, stationary. You feel like you're it's in a surveillance state when there's just like yeah. helicopters hovering above your town watching In, in my 20-minute walk to BART, I w- walked under five helicopters. Yeah. And yeah. the sound is terrifying. Like it is. It, it f- fills the whole street. Mm-hmm. That's where I work. And that's the purpose. 17th and Webster, about two yeah. blocks away. Yeah. I just hope that it does galvanize people yeah. to really, you know, like I'm, I, I think that it should, it should galvanize people to just stay and do help, it. Hanji, what's helping that is that the right is, is, and the media, on that is the right wing media is so grossly misrepresenting. Yeah, it's true. But yeah. it is it's that true. it's, it's helping yeah. um, those people in the middle and those people that haven't yet quite understood right. what's going on understand at least starting what it isn't mm-hmm. and then getting to see what it is ironically it's not these protesters that are occupying the cities it's the police yeah yeah right. yeah when, when you I mean, watch it from them 
I mean, shouldn't they be occupying it? Aren't the cities made to be occupied by the people? When you watch it on Fox... They're the residents of the city. They should be occupying the various open spaces in it. Not an armed police force. When you watch their coverage, the coverage of it on Fox News, though, it's represented as, well, police have to clear violent mobs Mm -hmm. out of the downtown of Oakland, and they are fighting, you know, they're fighting them off as they're being, you know, hit by bottles. Well, this, unfortunately, is another example of America looking... You know, slavery, for example, and us pointing at countries that have slavery, saying, "Oh, that's horrible," mm-hmm. and or you're beating your protesters, and you look either in our past or, in this case, what we're doing today. Yeah. Oh, sure, no, it was the past. It was last Wednesday. That's right. Time has passed. And we're mm-hmm. indistinguishable from all of these places that we uh, look at mm-hmm. in horror. Yeah. So we, if just you're do, in- we just do it more efficiently. So if you're interested in the 99% or the Occupy Wall Street movement, I encourage you to support your local chapter. Um, in other political news, uh, I, in other political news, I, I, I know that many people are aware of the, uh, the, incre- the increasing uh, tumultuous and uh, oftentimes um, virulent, I would say, uh, Republican presidential nominee uh, candidate field. It's quite a circus, I got to say. There's at least three, maybe four rings um, that are declared. I think there's probably five or more shadow rings behind, but... Um, no, I mean, people just continue to self-destruct. It is hilarious. I mean, like, you know, you have this total race to the bottom of, <laughs> of like, of just crap coming out of people's mouths, um, you know, from Herman Cain, from Michelle Bachman, Michelle Bachman, who is, who really, I mean, it's like, you just see the last fits and spurts of crazy trying to escape from her brain. Like, <laughs> oh, she, yeah. It's just insane. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Just recently, uh, Michelle Bachman was uh, when asked, "So, would you do, would you help the children of uh, illegal immigrants?" Yeah. She's like, "Nope, I wouldn't do anything yeah. to help the children." We of don't immigrants. owe them anything. Was her wow. were her words? Actual we don't words, owe yeah. them anything. You know, the field is is doing really poorly when Newt Gingrich seems to be the most unflappable person in right. the field. You right. know, well, I always uh, think Newt uh, Gingrich is kind of unflappable. He's kind of like a MetLife blimp. You know, it just kind of floats by. Yeah. <laughs> At any rate, I mean, and, and I, I just think it is uh, Rick Perry, I, I think, has just got to be the most captivating, like, epitome of Texan to emerge on a national mm-hmm. political stage. Mm-hmm. I mean, he just he's like, so incredibly, like, an ad for Viagra, you know? You and, know like, what he looks like? What? He looks like Josh Brolin playing W. Right. He does. <laughs> he does. He looks, he like... looks like Josh Brolin playing W. <laughs> and he's so inarticulate you know like he's so and he's so like country and it's hilarious because he just sometimes his brain just shuts down you know you watch him and he's talking he's like and then well before that i I, we were and so and my feelings about social security and you're like whoa what just happened to that guy (laughs) you just want i mean he just just he like ran out of tape well right now he has to make (laughs) the big decision he needs to make the big decision between what he likes more, science or killing people. Because they're asking him, like, hey, there's this guy we're about to kill, but we could DNA test to make sure we should kill him. And he's like, and so he's got to decide, does he want to pursue that or not? And it's up to him. No. No. I'm no. Saying no. I, I would say yeah, I'm going to go say with no. Yeah. I'm going to say uh, science is bad. Yeah. I'm going to say Rick Perry, uh, uh, Rick killing, Perry killing, believes in Jesus. Killing people in jail is good. Killing people in jail is good. Yep. Oh, the Chicago police are doing are just doing a, a terrible job with with the the people that they've taken into custody. They've just treated them terribly. Oh yeah, they, there was another case I was looking at. It was in Tennessee actually. So they occupied oh, yeah, Tennessee. Yeah. They were getting arrested, and there was a judge. Actually, the judge oh, yeah, Nashville was just vacating their arrest orders every time they got arrested. So they would get he would arrest like thirty people. The police would arrest him for like trespassing, and they because they had imposed this general curfew, and the judge would vacate all the arrests and say you can't. Just impose a general curfew for no reason on right. these people. It's a public space, and um, and specifically on the space where they were uh, camping. Yeah, it wasn't they were the like, rest of the city. Oh no, it was yeah. just a cur- there's now mm-hmm. a curfew in this square after 10 p.m. When you say blanket curfew, you mean it was pretty much you know the size of a few blankets. Right. Yeah. Anyway, go for that judge. It's pretty pretty yeah. pretty Orwellian the kind of stuff they were dealing with. Um, but uh, we got to hang together as Americans and prove that ideas are bulletproof. We'll be right back with your pop handsome. Here on Morning Handsome. What's that? Yeah.
and, uh, and we're back. Um, this is Pop Handsome. I'm being asked to read uh, some things off the TV screen. So um, right now we're going to have a, a Beavis and Butthead interview. Uh, it's been a while since you've heard these guys, but they are back, and uh, they've got some things to say. So uh, Beavis, Butthead, how are you guys doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm doing... I'm doing awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What do you guys? Uh, what do you guys been up to uh, since we last? Well, we haven't last spoke uh, with you uh, personally, but uh, you guys have been away for a while. What's yeah. going on? Yeah. Yeah. It's been it's been, it's been a while since we've uh, been on TV. Yeah. yeah it's pretty fun. Now we've been we've been smoking a lot of pot. Yeah. Now uh, yeah. which one is uh, Beavis and which one is Butthead? Well, we switch off. Yeah. Check it out. We'll, we'll, we'll switch off. You want to switch off? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Switch. <laughs> Check it out. We can switch midway through. I can yeah. be Beavis. I'm Butthead. I can, I can be whatever one I want. Got him all, y'all. Hey, check it out. Switch. Check it out. What What did that guy just say? I, I believe he said something funny to us. You want to switch back? Switch! Yeah, 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 switch. Okay, so, uh, so guys, uh, are we going to answer any questions today? We're just going to play Switch. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll totally answer some questions. Jared, do you have any questions for these guys? Why are you back? Uh, you know, frankly, a divorce didn't go so well. And, uh, alimony, you just need that, you know, need that, need that beavis and butt money. Yeah. 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 And MTV realized they didn't have any new ideas. Yeah. I mean, not that they had any to begin with, but, like, you know, like, we were kind of the best one they had. And uh, more importantly, did you smoke all of that pot, or did you bring some of it with you? Uh, well, frankly, Jared, um, you know, I, I pretty much always run out of pot, uh, because, uh, you know, my nacho to pot love is pretty high. Well, then I, uh, I think it's time for you guys to go, then. Uh, that's pretty messed up, man. <laughs> yeah, we thought you were going to bring some, because we were, like, guests. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Guests. Oh. The Expendables oh. 2 tragedy. Now, Beavis, Butthead, I know you have a very limited amount of time you can survive out of Sean's ass before you have to go back to where you came from. Oh, yeah. Let me just drink some more coffee. And it's, I, think you, I think the time for you to, re, to rejoin the colon has become. I am gone, Mario. I need TP for my bunghole. TP for my bunghole, bunghole, TP. I don't know. I would try some lube, Sean. I would try some lube. I'm not going up that guy's butt. I'm not going on his butt. I'm not going up there without tear gas. Yeah. Just because I have We're not going to occupy his butt. Let's just occupy handsome headquarters. Occupy Sean's butt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Occupy, occupy, occupy. Yeah. Beavis, butthead, you know, I mean, you guys, you really represented an iconic period of my youth, and I can't help but feel like I I always really appreciated you but I just yeah. want to let you I just want to let you know that with my from perspective of today <laughs> yeah you're just stupid fucking shit. You're a fucking dick, Hanji. What the hell's your fucking problem, dude? Yeah, you know, people yeah. have this misconception that I'm like hell of dumb, and I'm pretty dumb, but like I have feelings and stuff, you fucking ass tart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ass tart. <laughs> quick, quick, ass cue tart. the music let's, before let's I get, get a here. lecture from Beavis and Butthead <laughs> on emotional <laughs> support. Yeah, you guys just have to like assholes. care more about people's feelings <laughs> and stuff and I like think that. I've learned some important parenting skills. Right. <laughs> yeah, parent. Uh, uh, you have to have sex to have a parent. Uh, or be a parent. You <laughs> make babies with sex. <laughs> <laughs> Technology. These are the frontiers which the human mind expands daily. Computers. The internet. These advances advance our society. Men throwing levers, pushing buttons, running pieces of paper down hallways. Blinking lights, beeping sounds, things that swirl. Things 
that bring things to you. Each week, Morning Handsome will take a little time to talk about science and tech. And what it'll do for your world. So let's start out um, <laughs> with that epic introduction. Uh, let's start out with uh, something very mundane, a couple, of, a, a book which came out. Uh, it actually came out about a year ago, but I just bought it, so now it's interesting. Um, the uh, local author, Luann Brizendy, MD, the uh, author of the hit book, The Female Brain, has come out with The Male Brain. These books are about the male and female brain, respectively. So basically, uh, she's a neuropsychiatrist, and she uh, takes you through the stages of life and what all of these hormones are doing to your kooky brain and uh, the differences between the male brain and the female brain and how it drives behavior. Basically, it's a user's guide to the female brain. Powerful tool. I would highly recommend it uh, so that you can manipulate those around you like a true psychopath. So far, what I've learned from it is that uh, women remember every last thing you say um, and that men are only concerned with having sex and like I already knew this but now to see that it's backed by science I feel less guilty about my of myself for just like thinking about fucking all the time and less pissed off at all my ex-girlfriends for remembering every dumbass thing that I've said because <laughs> like, I just know it's just so, hormones and science and I've been Oh, go ahead. Mark. Oh, I was just going to say that, you know, even I, you know, you try to explain this to women all the time. You try to tell them, like, mm -hmm. you know, you're with someone, you say, you know, you don't understand. Men, they just think, we just think about sex all the time. And, like, it's just not the same thing. And they don't, and you, they, they kind of laugh a little bit on the inside and they go, ha, ha, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, they don't really believe but they you. They don't yeah. believe you. And even if you put it in a book mm -hmm. in front of it, them, they're not going to believe you. It's you sort of the way. So, so I tried to explain this um, just as an example how when. I, when there is an attractive woman with um, all the bits and pieces that I find attractive that walks by, there is no force on earth that can stop my eyes from looking at her. It's, it's as though there's like a fish hook that grabs onto my skull and yanks it and points it at her face. And there is a biological uh, neurochemical explanation for it. And it's like we're literally wired from day one, not only to like those shapes, but to like looking at shapes and moving objects. Mm -hmm. And so we're just boom. And trying to explain the power of that draw, like it's not that I'm actually attracted or, or thinking about her all, just a boom. It is a physiological reaction that I cannot stop. So, so what I might suggest, having had a, a, a couple of years of experience at this, is is that maybe it's not to try to make women think the way we are. No. Give up on that. That's a that's a but, that's a flawed but idea. But rather start, to absolutely. to understand the female brain, so that you can maximize the output that you're going to get to match your yeah. uh, constant libido. And to understand, that, and, that's to understand and to understand your Absolutely. own brain and, and what sort of drives your uh, your actions. And to understand mm -hmm. the I differences. Wanna, I want I I yeah. to say right now, hallelujah. Jared Golden. That was such a, <laughs> such just a succinct and beautiful description of how you Manipulate your girl. I mean, or well, how you well, keep your how girlfriend. You how you build a successful well, relationship you. There you go. with me, someone that will last the test of time and go. will stay. You know, like you, you, you invest and you please and you mm -hmm. both. Mm -hmm. You do it on both sides, and it was beautiful. And I, I didn't mean Absolutely. to demean it. Actually, I, I wanted to make a cheap joke. Well, here's a perfect I mean, example of giddy. Just because I was giddy, but I, I really did appreciate. That's it. true. Equality is really uh, admitting the differences and respecting them. Mm -hmm. Yes. Here's a perfect example of how you do it, Hondro. I remember once we were hanging out at your domicile and the dog runs in with like a bill in his mouth and like hands you the bill from the mail. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's cute. Uh, the dog, he's, he's trained the dog to bring the bill to him. And then I realized, oh, wait a minute. Like the, the mailbox is like in a locked thing behind like a door. I was like, he hasn't trained his dog to bring him the mail. He's trained his girlfriend to feed the bills to the dog. And that is just beautiful. But the great thing that this book has pointed out what? is that... What does that have to do with anything? It's just great. Okay, okay. And the Go great ahead. thing that this, these books point out is that I always thought that, that men, we were just jungle beasts being forced to live in cities and that, <laughs> and that like women with didn't have... With iPods and... Being forced, yeah. Yes. And I thought that women didn't have primitive like drives like we did like I, I thought it was just that they were more evolved than us and what this book has really shown me is that 
they also have their their ancient primitive drives and the the female need to connect and and well, and talk and gossip don't you get me? goes back <laughs> to the fact that if, if girls didn't stay connected to the community you know then they would probably perish because there'd be no one to protect them from like all those scary cool monsters that used to fight us yeah. and their brains would wither and <laughs> like die because so, they require so speaking of iPods that guy who uh, the guy who designed the iPod is making a thermostat that I is heard pretty cool. Just as an anecdotal segue. And it's something like three times as expensive as a normal Yeah, it's like thermostat. three times, yeah. maybe four times the expensive yeah. as a normal thermostat. But it's color. And he's British and everything British. <laughs> it's, um, it's, three times it's, it's, color. it's like kind of, it's flashy. You know, it looks it like a little iPod. It's white. It's like a wall pod. And I think a, they're going to call it the wall pod. Oh, no, it's called the Nest. And it's supposed to learn your energy usage habits and sort right, of right. optimize your house so that it's you slightly see, yeah. smarter than you right. and it's right. um it, it it got it's only it's just finished its oh, postdoc yeah. and it's it's on its way and it's from the inventors of the iphone and the inventor of the internet exactly so the inventor of the internet and Al the inventor Gore of the teamed iPhone. up with the godfather of mm-hmm. the ipod and iphone tony fidel to bring us the nest and uh, or nest and it's Wi-Fi enabled. It's remotely operable. It, it sounds like it's going to be pretty cool, but expensive. No, and it looks yeah. awesome actually. They're I mean, it, it is yeah, pretty cool. There's literally an app that you can control it with your iPhone. Yeah. Well, at least there's a really cool computer-generated <laughs> press right. kit yes. that went out about this thing, and everybody's been posting. Anyway, it's pretty neat looking. I, I'm excited about it. I'm, I'm I'm excited. I'm into it. But you know, I think that um, what what I'm even more interested in than thermostats is <laughs> is new is the uh, the the theory of this theory of special relativity, mm. and oh, yes. and the possible the possible final proof that we can transcend the speed of light that mm-hmm. it is an artificial ceiling, yeah. which I think that most physicists secretly believe in their hearts. At least my father has always secretly believed in his heart. That light speed really is just it. a myth. Your they father, Doc yeah. Brown. Hanji, my father, Doc Brown. I have Brown. to tell you, though, Hanji, you know, hearing that Einstein might have been wrong is to... He wasn't wrong, though. But doesn't that... Doesn't no, I don't think it makes him wrong. No. We make he mathematical... Right to travel back in time Einstein and kill Hitler. knew. Yeah. Exactly. Einstein knew that Hitler had to die. And he had to time travel to he do pushed. it. And no. if he didn't do Einstein that, we would not have knew that alert. we create mathematical constructs mm-hmm. And that further we, our we, we, we define limits if within which we can then analyze and, mm-hmm. and, and draw conclusions and generalizations. And, and he if, understands that each set of equations that we draw to characterize the behavior of the universe is at a limit of our ability to define it at that moment. And, if we and are so coming, he had to draw artificial limits. He drew this equation that is roughly true at almost every point in what we knew at that time. But the only thing is that there's going to be a new set of rules we develop as we expand our limits. And we're going to understand that there are different equations that describe that construct. So I don't have to compare it with finding out that Sandy Koufax cheated in the 65 World Series. Mm-hmm. No. I no, I mean, I think, I, think, I, think Albert Einstein would be, I think Albert Einstein would probably be extremely excited to find out that uh, our, our knowledge, his, his, his well, theory has gone. We've, we've basically come to a limit that, that we're... It appears that we have transcended it, and so our understanding of the universe. It's very exciting. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> He'd also be excited that he was played by Walter Matthau. I was very flattered. <laughs> so if anyone is curious about uh, what is happening here and what this faster-than-light thing is, it's um, basically an experiment uh, that started at CERN, and basically they shot a beam. I, I, don't know, I, I don't think it started at CERN. It started in Switzerland. It did. It's it, it was CERN. CERN. Okay, it was so CERN. They shot it, it's so they all sh- CERN. It's the, only, it's the biggest one. So they shot, they shot the, um, the beam uh, from CERN to another Hadron place Glider. in Italy, to another spot in Italy. They basically shot this beam through the rock, and uh, what they found is that these neutrinos appeared to get there sooner and you know something like 0.5 millionths of a nanosecond <clears throat> before the light did before the photons yeah um and so that was very disconcerting so they're basically running a new type of test now to um to with more accuracy measure these things to make absolutely sure that what appears to be breaking this you know this bedrock of current physics it's like you getting to the bathroom to pee in the middle of the night before you actually flip the light switch exactly yeah, or or like if you've been drinking too much and you wake up and you're like oh it's coming out gotta make it to the bathroom no. nope not correct almost there one point yeah. 
Was that a, was that an apt analogy? Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm pretty analogy. sure that's exactly what what's happening here. I would have I would have maybe <laughs> added that that CERN is a large scale uh, mm-hmm. linear accelerator hadron mm-hmm. collider, which you know is used to create these experiments. Maybe yes. give a little bit of background. There. Okay, sorry, for the non acronym for the non acronym literate. Thank you, thank you for calling me on uh, on my lack of. But otherwise, I thought it was an excellent segment. Uh, I would have called yes. Jonah, but I already tuned out because we started talking about science. I really want to learn, so I'll like bring me back in. And, and also because you don't know I'm what trying. CERN is. I'm trying to bring you in. Um, yeah, let's move. Let's move on. So uh, we could talk about the dinosaurs. They found a cool thing okay. about yeah, that, that land about before dinosaurs. time. Yeah, they found out that land dinosaurs. before time, the plot of Land Before Time, is actually based on a true story. One hundred percent. That sauropods might have mass migrated to find food in water, like in the movie, um, when things got arid and dry and there wasn't food in water. Um, sauropods, and they... uh, for those of you who do not know, are things like the brachiosaur and the diplodocus, and uh, you know those big four-footed ones with the long necks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the characters, in, like Littlefoot, isn't Littlefoot? Littlefoot. Well, he, he in the movie they call him a brontosaurus. Uh, obviously, it was made before in the direct. name. The name brontosaurus became a defunct name. It's actually a brachiosaurus. Yeah. yeah, I was actually wrong. It's a diplodocus. It's a oh, diplodocus. Wow. Yeah, wow. diplodocus is one of my favorite sauropods. Yeah. I can find it of all the sauropods. Like, that one is my favorite. It's so great because look at their long, thick neck. I love sauropods. <laughs> so they, studied the, they were studying the teeth of these sauropods, and oh they found out that the certain sauropods had, like, th- chemical in their teeth from different regions of ancient dinosaur history. So that's how they found that they migrated. Mm. Like, in the I like that we came from science and technology <laughs> and the stars. A bold mission with a great intro. To talking like little tiny disabled children about dinosaurs. Like nerdlingers. Spared no expense. Spared no expense. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Apple's patenting the slide to unlock. Did you hear about that? And so like Android is freaking out because they use that. Yeah. Like the slide to unlock on yeah, your yeah, mobile yeah. device. Well, you know, patent wars have become the just like the the new uh, growth field for technology. Um, <laughs> that's really where to, everybody's going these days. George Patton fighting wars. in war. Yeah, uh, as opposed war. to yeah. a giant flag yeah. backdrop. Exactly. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. As opposed to George C. Scott yelling at yeah. you about yeah, exactly. food. Exactly. When I was a kid, they had patent leather shoes. <laughs> and you got for your bar mitzvah, no one ever talked about patents. Yeah. Yeah. Big fan of the comedy stylings of Patton Oswalt. Uh, you know, we got so this has been a great, uh, the, a great discussion about science. Uh, I think yeah, we pretty much exhausted uh, all of our topics. So yeah. uh, I feel like somebody should play some music. Exactly. And I want to say, as we boldly go forward into the rest of this podcast, I love science. On behalf of science and technology, I'm Caleb Hopper. I'm Hunter Ambrose. And the rest of Team Handsome. We'll be right back with your Sporting Handsome on Morning Handsome. <laughs> so Dad, you're going to be us for sports. <coughs> and probably going to be doing most of us hobby. I'm excited to talk about the series. That was a good series. Want me to introduce you first? That was a good series. I found out about it in the bathroom on Thursday. It was a great Thursday. series. I watched. I watched all the games. Game. I watched every game actually. I didn't even know what was happening. That's that's how much I'm dialed in. All right, Dad, take her back in. Welcome back to Morning Handsome. It's now time for Sporting Handsome. What an exciting weekend in sports! Last night, Stanford kept its longest streak in the nation alive—16 straight in a row by beating USC in triple overtime. But before that, local Blacklock resident Tony Larusa gets his third World Series as the Cardinals come off the mat, win games six and seven, and prevail on their home turf to bring the World Series back to St. Louis for the first time since 2006. The question now is, will Albert Pujols stay a Cardinal, or will he test the free market and move on? Let's get the rest of... uh, uh, the uh, staff here at Morning Handsome to chime in. Yeah, I believe that. I, I think that if he could, if Pujols could pull off, you know, becoming a, a free agent, I believe that he could really, he could really, you know, do well in this in this particular area, Jerry. You know what I'm saying? Well, well I, oh, excuse me. Well, now I gotta disagree with you there. I think that if he goes into the open market, he's really letting go of a lockdown situation where he knows his future and he's gonna really build a relationship with that team. 
I gotta say, I think if he's gonna work the angle, you know, he's gonna hit the free market and he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna try to make some money, you know, and cash out the rest of his career. But if he really wants to play, you know, if he's passionate about the game, he's he's gonna he's gonna stay in St. Louis. Let's face it, Albert Pujols' time in St. Louis is up. He won a championship, and now he's gonna test the waters. I say he goes someplace west, plays possible like the Giants. The Dodgers are looking to pick up a first baseman, and you know, I think he could really garner a lot of money in this open market. So none of you think there's uh, credence to the theory that he's actually going to quit playing baseball and commence on a roller derby career? I've had quite a few malt liquor uh, beverages uh, to celebrate the winning of the Cardinals, so I do not really believe what's going I know what's going on right now. I'm going to assume I'm, I'm blacking out right now. Now, I believe that the roller derby franchise is opening up like hotcakes, and if he jumps on this bandwagon, he's going to be eating oysters on the half shell all the way to the bank. No, yeah. see, these are just rumors. The, the rumors about the roller derby career are just to push the price up in the baseball market. If you think he's going roller derby, you're going to want to give him a little bit more money to come back to baseball. I say roller derby, just a rumor, baseball for sure in the future. I heard he was going to do an adult film with some roller derby girls. And I, I think that would just be something good to do. And I think that that's what the, the NBA boys should do during the lockout is make adult films with WNBA uh, uh, players. They yeah, I, I just want to give a shout out to Colt. Uh-oh. I would pay to see that. Well, fortunately, there is an And NBA. no one will pay to see the WNBA. That, that is exactly the point that I'm talking about right now. That's why they need to get into that industry. All right, fast-talking Obama. So, uh, so J-Rod, what about this? Uh, what about the NBA lockout? What's well, going on? The NBA lockout, to me, it, 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 it looks like a situation where you took all of the groceries and you put them in front of a mom and a dad, and their two kids were sitting, or three or four kids were sitting by, and the mom and the dad sat there and thought about, you know, who was going to get, you know, the, the extra Pop-Tart in the box that came with an odd number um, while the children sat there and starved. Uh, that, that would be my analysis. I hate that box of Pop-Tarts. It should always be an even number. <laughs> I believe that my associate J-Red has, 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 has assessed the situation correctly. I, I believe that this is, is, is the best way to sum it up, you know? Well, I mean... It's it's a fascinating struggle between a, a group of parochial white men and a and a a, ma- a vast uh, uh, array of of uh, loosely connected elements like people that work at stadiums and people that work for the teams and all these people that are employed by these massive enterprises, and then this group of like actual players who actually go out and play the game and who we actually pay to see. So I mean, it's just a very odd like it's a very odd struggle, and 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 you can see the the owners like I mean, this guys when they're on TV and they're like squirmy and white and they look like Nixon in all the wrong times and he and they're like oh yeah we're gonna we're unfortunately gonna have to cancel the rest of the, the season until November 30th we are all very saddened by this especially us you you point out two two <clears throat> very true things one of one of them is that it's the little people, you know, the people that actually need these jobs that are hurt the most. The churro man. I know the churro man personally at every single ballpark in America. And it's just a shame when they do not have the the work to go to to sell their churros. And the second thing is is that if you put a trillion dollars in this room right now, the five of us would figure out a way how to split it up. Right. Yeah, I would kill all of you motherfuckers and take that trillion dollars. Don't yeah. ever doubt that for a second. You might think we're friends, yeah. but when it comes to a trillion dollars, I have no friends. So, yeah, King Cobra, the beer so, that bites back. Although I would you... say it should be divided up by penis size. <laughs> Again, I would win this competition. <laughs> Speaking of penis size, um, there's a story to... in the news that Gareth Thomas, who was the first openly gay rugby player, has retired in the wake, actually, of New Zealand, the All Blacks, winning their second World Cup rugby title last weekend before the home crowd in New Zealand. It's a beautiful moment. I'm glad that Gareth Thomas is out of the closet, but I believe that rugby needs to get out of the closet too now. You know what I'm saying? If fair is fair. Quid pro quo, Clarice. Do you think there's any difference between uh, allowing openly gay men in a game that uh, includes a scrum where they are uh, physically in, in, engaged in close physical quarters and tennis, for example, where a net actually separates the uh, uh, opponents? Mm. I mean, are you suggesting that, you know, in the middle of a, a, a riding pile to get the ball, that one of them is just going to be like, hmm, I'm going to fuck that guy? Here, here's what I'm suggesting. I believe that you do. I believe that in that rugby scrum that Gareth Thomas was not the first man to get an erection. All right. I'm saying those erections happen. And I think that it's a part of the game and that everybody should just accept it. 
I, for one, have always enjoyed my in-game erections. <laughs> it's always been the best part lot, of a good rugby game. There's a lot of game. testosterone flowing around, a lot of movement, a lot of, lot of spandex. A lot of cheeks clenching. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would say that pretty much the only sport that makes me, does not make me have an erection would have to be golf. That shit makes my shit go up like a, like a landing gear on an airplane, man. So I, I'd, say, I'd say it's fair to say that none of us really have a problem with there being gay rugby players, but... All of us, I would assume, would have a problem, and this is no joke, this guy's name really is Don Peters, who is apparently an Olympic, I haven't heard this story, an Olympic women's gymnastic coach who diddled teenage Olympic hopefuls. Diddle. Now, what is diddling? <laughs> just, for the, just for the listeners, what, describe diddling. Tickle? Molestation? <laughs> yeah, T- I, don't, I don't think we should get too deeply I into it. I yeah. think it's a, I think it's a tickle. It is... I, Apparently, uh, according oh. well, yeah, according to these these girls, when they were teenage Olympic hopefuls, they were hoping for Olympic glory, <laughs> but instead, uh, Don Peters, uh, you know, hooked up with these girls. He built them up behind the bleachers. Yeah, he had sex with girls that were like 16, 17 years old, and it was not appropriate for him to do. And it recently was found out that this motherfucker was 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 fucking these girls. While I think that is totally fucked up. Yeah. I don't understand why Lee turned into like Bobcat all the Goldsway. the heroin parts of Bobcat Goldsway. It's like it's like all of the heroin and the Bobcat. That's like what I'm getting at. It's so I get so pumped up. Wow. Yeah, your accent is, is just is just all over the place. So, so I think I think uh, I believe we have consensus. Especially the mood around the room there, there probably would be an audience for. Uh, uh, Beating to death a, uh, a pedophile on. Uh, I on I think I would question. prefer something more like Running Man, you know, like with, like with Arnold, like where they just yeah, like launch him into death. like a giant death uh, arena or, or a pocket pedophile or something. Yeah, like that. yeah, yeah. Oh, I want yeah. like Survivor where put, everybody put that, dies, put like that when the torch in in the Thunderdome. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Tina Turner optional, but. Mm. No, no, well, that, not I optional. believe that would ex- expand, make make the torture far worse. Yeah, so exactly. I believe she is an absolute necessity. I think, uh, I think, uh, I, I want to see, yeah, I want to see Survivor where everybody dies. That's what okay. I well, since we spent about nine minutes talking about sporting handsome without actually ever mentioning anything remotely related to sports, <laughs> it's probably time to wrap this segment up. No, you yeah. started us off really good. You, you really, it's, it really was actual good. sports for like thirty seconds there. No, and, yeah, you're, and, you're game six, and game six of the World Series was got to be the, one of the best postseason games, the best World Series games in years. It was phenomenal. And, I mean, like, I watched the Giants take the series last year, and that was very special. But I have to say, that was, a, that was an epic, epic comeback. And, the, and they really, the cards really, really played some, some, some nice baseball. There you baseball. go. You got your legitimate baseball Heart. Yeah. Heart. And, and, and just one uh, final shout-out to the uh, Cal women's softball team. Yeah, uh, good job, girls. We'll be back in a moment. This is Howard Cosell doing a bad imitation of myself. Singer Golden, and now it's time for just a tip. Your morning handsome tips. So, um, how many of you guys have figured out what you're gonna wear for your Halloween costume? Hmm. Oh, I, I have no idea, Lee. I, I I just wish that someone could give me some sort of suggestion. Well, I I have been doing a lot of research, you know, into uh, into Halloween costumes, oh, thank and God. Um, I have some I have some great tips uh, mm-hmm. about how to create a fantastic spooky Halloween costume out of Things that are just lying around the house. Oh wow! You want to share that? That sounds super exciting. Yeah. So, so my first, I, my first thing is just a roll of toilet paper. Okay. 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 So I have that. Yeah. I have that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So is that the openly uh, gay rugby player costume. <laughs> yeah. 
exactly. And so then, so what you should do is you should shred up a bunch of the toilet paper, and then you, you're going to ball it up in one end, and then you're going to open the fly of your uh, your the crotch of your jeans okay. or your pants, okay. and you're going to put okay. the, 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 the toilet paper ball in there and let it kind of okay. dangle out. So you have like this hanging toilet paper coming out of your crotch. Oh, right. And then That's you're going to, and then you're going to, um, you're gonna uh, uh, you're gonna stain it with um, like fake blood, uh, and you can use ketchup or you can use um, anything red. Oh my god, I think I know where he's going with yeah. this. and then it's you're like, and then you're like, gymnastic coach. I'm I'm uh, I'm passing a kidney stone. That's 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 your costume. I'm passing a kidney stone. Ooh, that's spooky. That's so spooky. Because who hasn't been there, right? Right. Ouch. I mean, <laughs> oh, um. So here's my here's my tip for creating a Halloween costume. Do you have a tuxedo, boys? Do you guys have a tuxedo? Of okay. course, of course. Okay, okay. So you can you can use a tu- this one We're tuxedo to, to oh, yeah, have I'm multiple uh, costumes excited. in a, in a Halloween weekend. Right. Um, so like you can take your tuxedo in on the the first night of a Halloween weekend. Don't put it on fully. Just put on the vest and the pants. Grab a squirt gun. You're Han Solo. Okay. Oh. I've seen. Okay. I've seen, okay great. Great. And then uh, the yeah. next night, he put does on, have that Corellian blood stripe. Put on the tie. Okay. Put on the tie. Yeah, it does. He does, doesn't right he? Down, right down the Put side on the of time. his hand. And then you'll be Sean Connery, James Bond. Okay? Still no jacket, though. Still no... Oh, no, yeah. Put, the, put on the jacket, put on the too. Jacket. Okay. okay. Then the next day, take off the jacket, get your ass beat and poisoned. And, Easy. Mm-hmm, and then, um, yeah, just put a little blood on your face. Maybe the same blood from your... <laughs> the... the Kidney stone one. This should, this should be easy. I mean, and you're Daniel Craig, James Bond. It's a real great Halloween costume. That's a great Halloween costume. And now we should talk about trick-or-treat candy substitutes. Let's mm. say you don't want to give out candy to your neighborhood oh, kids because yeah. they're already probably fat. Yeah. yeah. Of course they if are. If you're in America. They're barely yeah. able to waddle between house all I, and house all I know is more that, sugar. All I know is that the kids that live in Richmond definitely do not need more candy. Oh, no, certainly not. Certainly if they're not, not. type 1, no. they're definitely type 2. No. Mm-hmm. So wheat glass, wheatgrass shots that are uh, <laughs> dyed red to look like uh, human blood. Ooh. That would be my mm. suggestion. I like that. Good, I like huh? that. I like to find things around the house that I no longer care for. Mm-hmm. Um, and then give them away to kids. Like uh, um, Sometimes you know, I just take pieces out of the laundry because I'm lazy. I don't want to wash it. So I just, you know. Laundry. <laughs> okay. Sturdy laundry. Just give them laundry. Sometimes I just take um, bundles of tape. And then I roll them around my carpet, get them all covered in cat hair, and then I give them to them and tell them that they're Furbies. Oh, that's mm, cute. That's, mm-hmm. that's I, uh, awesome. I, I don't get many trick-or-treaters, um, so I usually just get you know a few things. I have five or ten trick-or-treaters, so um, you know iPads usually. Mm-hmm. I like to get prepared, so sometimes sometimes if I you know if I'm if I'm going to plan ahead, you know I'm going to go to the store and buy stuff to give out to trick-or-treaters. You know I'll just buy like um, some packs of lunch meat. And then I'll, I'll take them home and I'll put them all out on a rack, um, unwrapped, and let them sit maybe in the sun for like um, a day or two, uh, you know, before the before wow. Halloween rolls I around. Like, I like to give out um, uh, underwear. I buy, I, I buy underwear in bulk, um, the kind that has some kind of um, mistake made in it, some kind of uh, strange shape. And I like to give those out, you know, just put them in a big, in a big hamper and say, here. You guys want some underwear? You pick. You pick. But just one. <laughs> I'm like taffy that's shaped like razor blades. It looks like a razor blade. It's not. It's not a razor blade. It's, but it's super it's soft. taffy, but it looks like it's it. So you soft. can pretend to cut yourself. I love it. <laughs> it's so much fun. Be a cutter for Halloween. Oh, oh, good. oh my gosh. Uh, well, those, those are our tips for... <laughs> <laughs> but now we have a... Candy's always nice. Candy is... Candy. Oh yeah, yeah, candy, 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 candy nice. tonight. Yeah, just yeah. give out candy. Fuck it. Oh, it's overplayed. I wanted rotted uncured meat. Damn it, I couldn't get there. <laughs> I couldn't quite get to <laughs> handing out rotted. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't help it. Like, as soon as I, was, I just couldn't get past. I couldn't get past rotting. I just sun. walk up uh, to the door with a steaming plate of bratwurst. Mm. Here. So, so the other, you know, what's really funny about? I did go to a costume shop. I did go to a costume shop actually earlier this week, and I have to say, like, the funniest thing about it was that, you know. Um, the joke that like everything, the only the difference between a concept and Halloween costume is you put sexy or slutty in front of it mm-hmm. is so true. Yeah. But they even apply it to things that either are totally not sexy or are already really sexualized. Like you're gonna be a bar wench, you're gonna be a slutty bar wench. You know, it's like you're gonna, you're gonna be gonna... a sexy prostitute. Yeah, exactly. And and then but then they had like then it was like a sexy zombie nurse, and you're like, what the fuck is that? That's not sexy. Like that's, that's post- very confusing. That's, that's postmodernism very... right there. So. Um, yeah. Slutty Eleanor Roosevelt. Yeah. Slutty Eleanor Roosevelt. Slutty. I'm a slutty postmodernist. Mm. Sexy gorilla. <laughs> All right, guys. It's time for our special Halloween 
Versus. Versus is a special segment here on Morning Handsome where we take two fictional characters, pretend like they're real, and decide who would win if they battled. It's a battle we call Versus. This week on Versus, two of um, Western storytelling's favorite um, villains that bite people, eat people, uh, Hannibal Lecter, Dr. Hannibal Lecter versus Count Dracula. Who would win in a battle to the death? Drink it in. The sweet irony. All right, I'm going to turn that down before John Williams sues us. And I open the floor for debate. Iron rich aroma. So um, this is this is I think this is a really tough uh, debate here. Um, so I think that Hannibal Lecter would actually win, and I think that he would outsmart yeah, no, Dracula. No, no, no. I, I'm gonna be. I, it sounds like Sean disagrees. That's good because I, I have to say I agree with you. I believe Hannibal Lecter has the upper hand in this one. No, Dracula absolutely has the upper hand in this. Okay, Dracula. Dracula can turn into mist. Dracula can like he's got special powers he's uh, you know okay what sunlight okay so he attacks at night big deal he's got that covered he's been doing it for hundreds of years I think he can avoid the sun he's like one major like nemesis except that the, the issue that I see with that is that um, a bunch of ragtag you know uh, dying Middle Eastern or Middle Eastern Middle European people uh, in the 1800s was able to take him out just you know they just walked in in the sunlight and killed him so yeah, a lot of people, right? We're talking no, about I'm them. talking. There were like five, four people. Okay. How many Dracula movie, Dracula movies have there been made? About nine thousand. Yeah. yeah. Okay, and how many Hannibal Lecter movies? About six. Ha- yeah. How yeah. Many, but how many? How many has he lost? No, I think about yeah, exactly. dozen. Exactly. None. Exactly. And, and Dracula. In every, every single one. one. Every single Dracula one. Dracula bites it. Like Hannibal maybe Lecter eats brains. Yeah. That's like the ultimate food, man. Brains. <laughs> like we're, know, we're not talking about we're not talking about you know you know the, the current slew of vampires. We're not talking about Blade here. You know, we're talking they, about he, he the wins. Prince of Darkness himself, Dracula. Yeah, the one Dracula. who's like the worst vampire yeah. and the least scary. That well, here's there is. here's what I want to say though. I mean, like if Bram Stoker can kill Dracula, mm-hmm. and Hannibal can kill Bram Stoker. Oh, you're right. And Anthony Hopkins played both Van Helsing and, and uh, Lecter. Uh, Lecter. And Anthony- I'm going to say that Hannibal can mm-hmm. then actually kill Dracula. No, nope. he can kill him in history. He can destroy. I mean, he's, I think Anthony Hopkins right has already proven he can both uh-huh. eat brains yeah. and kill okay, Dracula, which is thing. really shocking. Here's the thing: Hannibal Lecter bites you. What's going to happen? Ow, that hurts. Maybe take a little chunk out. Dracula bites you. Oh, I'm a Dracula now. I think by the time you wake up being eaten by Hannibal, though, you're already dead. No, like, you've I already guess, been dismembered. I, can I step One back and take an even, uh, an even uh, larger view of this? Because mm-hmm. my question is, what is Hannibal's uh, modus operandi, or, okay. or his motive, rather, for, uh, for killing Dracula, since Good Dracula question. is no longer human? Well, let's, wouldn't want to yeah. eat. let's get into so, the specifics. So, yeah, in this, this time frame we're talking about, Dracula is alive, and whatever these people tried to do during this time period of Dracula, um, they during of the original story, they... Um, Failed, and he's still alive, and only Hannibal Lecter can take him down. Okay, and I think that his modus operandi would first be psychological. Yeah, Dracula has all these powers, you know, but he's a basket case. Think of all the weird, fucked up shit he's done and seen over the years, and all the horrible things. Um, and but he's a very effective basket case. Yeah, he's still able to to, to uh, complete his aims with mm-hmm. great uh, efficiency. So he comes into Hannibal's office, and he's like, "I knew that to have." Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about Hannibal. I was describing Hannibal, not Dracula. Oh, okay. Dracula's kind of an idiot. Well, yeah, Dracula comes into his office. He's like, I need help psychologically. I've done so much fucked up shit. And, like, you know, Hannibal um, helps him out. Um, but then they realize that they have to <laughs> fight each other. I don't know. Why are you making this backstory? Actually, they're the, they're the perfect <laughs> right. end. As whoever pointed out, since uh, Dracula's already dead, Hannibal doesn't want to eat them. Right. So maybe instead of killing each other these guys are the ultimate they team up oh yeah ultimate team up 
Oh my god! So uh, sure. I think we've decided I mean, it because Hannah. Yeah, yeah um, I think that they would. I think there would be a truce. Yeah, the Earth would yeah. be destroyed. All humans would be would lose, and then Hannibal and uh, Dracula would team up. Well, just think of Hannibal's actual intelligent brain coupled with Dracula's awesome powers. Oh my god! Well, I this think sounds that, like a great crime. I think that that Dracula shows is is my principal example of dark handsome. I mean, like somebody who can be <laughs> who can be really dark. Really evil, really yeah. scary. But the chicks just and love them. Then the chicks just fucking. Well, it's can't that, it's that, enough. it's that velvet-lined cape. Right? Right. Mm, they just, they love the velvet-lined brand. The sweet of fine murder. appointment of velvet murder. And every morning, Hannibal would say to Dracula, "Morning, handsome." <laughs> morning, and then, handsome. And then Dracula would say, "Morning, Hannibalsome." <laughs> A morning, handsome <laughs> indeed. Well, then they'd go find some hot chicks to eat together. I feel like. I feel like. Uh, I feel it's like I, true. Because yeah, they, 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 yeah, they're. I'm sorry, but they're yeah. They they both want the same thing, so that's the perfect team up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Hannibal and Dracula. I'm glad to leave you both behind. Mm-hmm. And I'll, although I'm looking forward to this Halloween, I actually am prepared. I am going to dress up. I'm, I'm. Uh, you know, I'm feeling. I'm feeling Halloween is uh, going to be fun this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think my it's costume. Be great. Uh, actually, my costume this year. I'm going to dress up as a sad man. Okay. <laughs> well, folks, um, it's been That's great true. having you on yeah, right. Morning Handsome this week. Um, next week, stay tuned. Top five movie franchises that should be turned into Lego games. Uh, we'll be talking about that. Also, um, we will talk about things and events that have not yet occurred. Exactly. But we'll have done by Sunday. Mm-hmm. Also, next week, the return of Trivials. We didn't have Trivials this week because uh, we had so much content to bring you, but they will be back. And you might win, you might lose, we might win, we might lose. Here on Morning Handsome, brought to you by liberalguiltradio.org and morninghandsome.com. To all the troops at sea. And abroad. And abroad. On land. Um, have a good day. And week. See ya. Thank you. Oh, No, probably not. That was pretty good, actually. I mean, it was good, but I feel like a couple of seconds. You could cut a couple minutes here and there.